boys and girls, and welcome to Avant-Garde Book Storytime. I am Cherie Hardy, and I have the pleasure of reading one of my favorite children's books. This book is called The Oldest Student, How Mary Walker Learned to Read. It was written by Rita Lorraine Hubbard and illustrated by Oge Mora. If you have the book, it would be great if you could read silently along with me. But if you don't, it's quite okay. Get in a very comfortable place and just get relaxed to listen to The Oldest Student, How Mary Walker Learned to Read. Whenever young Mary Walker was tired, she would shield her eyes from the sun and watch the swallow-tailed kites dip and soar above the trees. That must be what it's like to be free, she thought. But Mary didn't watch for long. Even at only eight years old, she knew the first rule of the Union Springs, Alabama plantation she lived on. Keep working. She knew the second rule, too. Slaves should not be taught to read or write or do anything that might help them learn to do so. Mary didn't stop working. She didn't learn to read either. But at the end of each long day, picking cotton, toting water to Papa, and other slaves who chopped wood for the train tracks or helping Mama clean the big house, she would lie in her little bed next to the crumbling fireplace and think about those birds. When I'm free, I'll go where I want and rest when I want. And I'll learn to read too. When she was 15, it happened. Mary and her mother, brothers, and sister were free. The Emancipation Proclamation said so. What it didn't say was how a family with nothing except the tattered garments on their backs could find food, clothes, and a place to sleep. Mary's father had died, and the family was on its own. Freedom Road to Freedom Road. Across fields and through woods, ex-slaves surged like waves crashing hard to shore. Now that they were free, every road was Freedom Road. Many headed north and west and every which way, searching for long-lost family members or simply experiencing the wonder of being free. Others, like Mary, chose to stay in the South. An organization called the Freedoms Bureau helped those who stayed to find shelter on abandoned Confederate land. Mary and her family settled in a one-room cabin for the next few years. She worked alongside her mama to help feed her siblings. Seven days a week, she churned butter, cleaned houses, and cared for other folks' children. The hours were long, and if Mary was thirsty or hungry or needed to use the outhouse, she had to wait until she got home. At week's end, she would offer mama the one lonely quarter she had earned. One day, Mary met a group of evangelists on the roadside. A woman with a soft wrinkles in her kindly face placed a big, beautiful Bible in Mary's hands and told her, Your civil rights are in these pages. 
Mary didn't know what civil rights were. She only knew that top to bottom, front to back, that book was filled with words. I'm going to learn to read those words, she vowed. But not today. Today there was work to be done. And tomorrow, too, when Mary got married, she and her husband worked as sharecroppers, renting someone else's house, using someone else's tools, and planting someone else's seeds to farm land they would never own. After they harvested the crops, almost all the money they earned went to pay for the housing, tools, and seed costs. Mary was 20 years old when her first son was born. She opened her Bible and marveled at the squiggles inside. There had been no time to learn to read. A friend wrote Mary's son's birth date on the Bible, August 26, 1869. Then Mary dipped a pen into an inkwell and made her mark beside it. Not a letter, not a name, just a mark. It was the best she could do. One day, Mary's husband died. She married again, and a second son was born. Then a third. Mary made marks for these sons, too. Now she had three growing boys. More money. That's what we need, Mary thought. But the only other jobs available to black women were as maids or nannies or cooks. The hours were long, with only half a day off on Saturdays. And like sharecropping, they didn't pay much. Mary sighed. Words would have to wait. For the next four decades, Mary sharecropped and did odd jobs to support her family. In 1917, Mary's family moved to the little city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was the year of Chattanooga's Great Flood. The story was in all the newspapers, but Mary could only study the pictures to understand what had happened. By now, Mary was 68 and too old to share crop, but she continued to work cooking, cleaning, and babysitting. She also fried fish, baked cakes, and sold sandwiches to raise money for her church. On Sundays, she would sit in the congregation, and as the preacher spoke, she would clutch her family Bible, the Bible she still couldn't read. When Mary was well past 90, she and her husband sat in their creaky rockers while one or another of their sons read to them. After the two younger sons died, the eldest read. Then Mary's husband died. Several years later, her eldest son died, too. He was 94. Mary had outlived her entire family. She was 114 years old and alone. Can't read, she said. Can't write. I don't know anything. Mary stood at the window of her retirement home and gazed down at the world below. Words were everywhere, on billboards, on buildings, on store windows and trucks. She sighed. All this time, she thought, and they still look like squiggles. Mary had heard about a new reading class held in her building. She pursed her lips. No more waiting, she decided. Time to learn. 
out of her apartment into an elevator and down to the lobby she went. When the elevator doors sprang open, Mary saw people sitting under a sign with a picture of an open book. She could not read the words. A neighbor walked up to her. That's a reading class, Miss Mary. Can I help you over? Mary shook her head. Then she gripped her cane, lifted her chin, and walked straight toward that sign. But the next year and more, Mary put everything she had into learning. It wasn't easy. After all, she was the oldest student in the class, and probably in the entire country. Could someone her age learn to read? She didn't know, but by God, she was going to try. She studied the alphabet until her eyes watered. She memorized the sounds each letter made and practiced writing her name so many times that her fingers cramped. She learned to recognize sight words and then challenged herself to make short sentences with them. She studied and studied until books and pages and letters and words twirled in her head while she slept. One fine day, Mary's hard work paid off. She could read. Words of accomplishment traveled, of her accomplishment traveled, and people everywhere celebrated with her. Chattanooga's mayor, newspaper journalists across the country, and a man from the U.S. Department of Education who said, This is Mary Walker. I pronounce you the nation's oldest student. All shared her joy. Mary felt complete. She still missed her sons, but whenever she was lonely, she read from her Bible or looked out her window and read the words in the street below. From then on, Chattanoogans honored Mary's achievement with yearly birthday parties. In 1966, President Lyndon B. Johnson sent well wishes on Mary's 118th birthday, and in 1969, President Richard Nixon did the same. Mary was now 121 years old. Mary received many gifts over the years, a radio, a sofa, her very first television, a new Bible, the key to the city, and perfume and champagne from the Canadian Mounties. She also received something that brought back those long days in the Alabama cotton fields, her first airplane ride. From the cockpit window, Mary gazed at the trees and rooftops below. No different than a horse and buggy ride, she joked, but she knew it was. As the airplane dipped and soared like those swallow-tailed kites so long ago, Mary decided that flying was a lot like reading. They both made a body feel as free as a bird. Each year, before her birthday celebration came to an end, someone would whisper, Let's listen to Miss Mary. Then shuffling and movement would fade away until not a sound was heard. Then Mary would stand on her old, old legs, clear her old, old throat, and read from her Bible or her school book in a voice that was clear and strong. When she finished, 
she would gently close her book and say, you're never too old to learn. Here is the author's note. Mary Walker was born a slave on May the 6th, 1848. From a young age, she picked cotton, toted water, cleaned houses, and worked as a blacksmith. In later life, she never forgot the harsh punishment slaves received if they stopped working without permission, but she was quick to say that she had forgiven everyone for the things she'd endured. Very little is known about Mary's life from her emancipation at age 15 until she learned to read at 116, but it is a fact that her Bible waited 101 years for her to learn to read it. It is known that Mary was married twice and had three sons. One of those sons served in World War I. I chose to imagine other details to fill in the blanks. Mary's eldest son died in 1963. She enrolled in Combe, the Chattanooga Area Literacy Movement, the same year. And by 1964, she knew how to read, write, add, and subtract. She was then certified as the nation's oldest student and was twice named Chattanooga's Ambassador of Goodwill. Her retirement home was renamed the Mary Walker Towers. Mary's received the key to the city of Chattanooga in 1966 and 1969. Her first airplane ride happened on May 6, 1966, when pilot Henry Porter blew her over her apartment building so she could wave to her friends below. Before Mary's death at the age of 121, on December 1, 1969, she could still see and hear well. She could still hold a pencil and write her name steadily, and she could walk with only minimal help from her trusty cane. She could also still sew beautiful bonnets and bake cakes that she bragged were light as a feather. Mary lived through 26 presidents. Today, historical marker 2A73 stands at 3031 Wilcox Boulevard in Chattanooga, Tennessee to, comm to commemorate her amazing life. Wow, boys and girls, again, this is one of my favorite children's books that I discovered a few years ago. I hope you enjoyed The Oldest Student, How Mary Walker Learned to Read, written by Rita Lorraine Hubbard and illustrated by Oge Mara. Just remember, it's never too late to learn. Take care, boys and girls.